Um, Jesus has given me confidence. Um, he's helped me to understand. <laughs> he's helped me to understand um, that I am who I am in Christ and not who I thought I was or who other people might think I am. Um, he's just opened up a whole new world of possibilities for me. Um, he has uh, given me new friendships, given me new life, um, given me people to walk alongside me in my journey. Um, just provided so many opportunities for growth and for learning. Um, pushed me out of my comfort zone so many times, um, but always in a way that has made me grow and that has made me um, be able to help people more and that has made me just a better person all around, um, that has made me think about the way that I do respond to others and think about, um, you know, just always being the light for other people. I do that as a teacher, but this, you know, being at Gateway has helped me just do that in life and with adults and not just children. It's, it's, it's just been a magnificent joy to serve in our church, to serve with the people that we basically grew up with in at Abundant Life and now the Gateway uh, Community Church. It's, I, I stand in awe of how Jesus, our Lord, leads us and guides us and opens up new paths and, and directions. All we have to do is just say, I'm here, Lord. Take me. I'll go. In all of life circumstances, we know that um, our marriage um, has gotten stronger, but there's no way that we could do this without him. He was what was missing in the marriage. Entonces, cuando yo llegué aquí a este lugar, yo encontré que el amor de Dios se podía sentir, se podía mover. Y aprendí tantas cosas, pero al pasar el tiempo, y en ese tiempo que ha transcurrido un año o dos meses, aprendí a conocer a Dios de una manera completamente diferente, de una manera que no lo había conocido antes. Dios impactó tanto mi vida que ha transformado mi vida. Ahora yo puedo sentir la restauración en mi vida, puedo sentir y ver la misericordia y los favores de Él sobre mis hijos y sobre mí misma. Solo puedo decir que he sido bendecida en este ministerio, que Dios obra a través de Él y que Gateway Bilingüe, yo no puedo decir más que dar gracias, gracias porque estoy aquí, porque estoy de pie y porque el Señor está conmigo. Some great stories have already been shared. And of course, uh, I mean, e even here in Houston, we had a great story last night with those Astros. How about them Astros? Yeah. But 25 years ago, in 1992, his story began in a new church meeting in Clear Lake called Abundant Life United Methodist Church that was planted to help folks separated from God who, who did not have a church home to experience the abundant life of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And the church's mission then and now is grounded in, in what Jesus told us, the great commandment to, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and, 
strengthen our neighbor as ourselves, and also in the, his great commission to go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, he promises, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so our mission has been to lead everyday people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And, and faith was critical to every forward step in his story, in God's story, that this church took to share the love of Christ with those around us. From starting in homes, as you can see from our, our pictures over here, the homes, and then moving to uh, schools, Ward Elementary School, and then building the first facility over on Space Center across from Randall's. Uh, when that wasn't large enough, they purchased some of the land here and then began to build this facility. Uh, and then in 2007, to purchase the remainder of the land, we had a single offering where we raised $1.165 million to complete our land purchase and then to add education space that makes up the remainder of our facility. So we, we've come to see in, in our name, Gateway, that we are a gateway in to faith, uh, to, to growing in faith, to discovering what faith is, and then a gateway out into the world to take that faith to love and serve our neighbors. Uh, I love this passage in Hosea that to me speaks really about what I think God has been doing here. He says, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope, a gateway of of hope. And many of you have experienced that. Many of you know that firsthand. God has used Gateway, in fact, to be a source of hope to thousands across our area and around the world. And numbers, I know they can be sometimes really impersonal, but when we recognize that, that each number reflects an individual, a person, someone created in the image of God, someone who has experienced the tragedy of sin in their life, and yet by the grace of God, often through this church, has been offered the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ found in this church, then these numbers tell part of his story. We began 25 years ago, but 20 years ago, the Ark Children's Center was formed and has since then helped to bless and, 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 and grow 1,400 plus children who have learned about the love of Jesus in this weekday preschool. And to not just learn the ABCs and stuff like that, but to learn that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Starting back in 1994, we began offering not just vacation Bible school uh, for children, but but what we've come to call Summer Kids Club. And I used to say it's, it's vacation Bible school on steroids, but I'm not sure that's a such a good analogy anymore. I'm not sure we want to do steroids, but it's like really big deal, really pumped up, really significant. And uh, we don't have exact numbers, but as best we can tell, we've ministered to about 6,000 children. And, and we do know that over the past 10 years of those 22, three years, we've ministered to th over 3,500 children. Um, in our student ministry, with all their retreats and activities and personal ministry, w again, we don't have a number, but it, it numbers into the thousands that have been blessed. 
Small groups have been a part of our DNA from the very beginning because we have always valued relationships and believe that God works so powerfully through them, through the, the vertical relationship with God and the, our horizontal relationship with each other. And so we've built groups into everything we do. And thousands have been a part of groups here from, from children. In our children's groups, they, they begin meeting in groups at a very early age to students meeting right now in that area to adults, men and women, as well as our support and care ministries. Three years ago, this month in fact, Juan and Fabiola Gale arrived here in Houston from Honduras to begin leading our Hispanic ministry. And within a few months began a Spanish language service that transitioned to a bilingual service that was able to reach more within those families. And now averages over 100 adults, youth, and children every Sunday afternoon at 2. Last year, over 1,100 different individuals, 1,100 of you, served here at Gateway. And, and what you may not realize is, is that in an average week, there are about 420 of you serving. It, it takes that to, to carry forward the mission and ministry that God has given us in this church to do. And when you then go outside the walls, it's even more amazing to hear all that you do in missions and outreach. 600 different persons serving in, in, in an average year. Um, we, you heard earlier about a blood drive next week. You have donated 655 units of blood just since 2010. You have just this year, just so far in this calendar year, you've served 1,300 meals to the homeless in both downtown Houston and here in Clear Lake. Many of you have been involved in prison ministry to go into the prisons to help the, those who are struggling there. You've provided disaster relief for the, the big Pacific tsunami. You built homes for Haiti after their devastating earthquake. You offered aid for several hurricanes, including Katrina and Ike and Harvey. And, and just with, with Harvey, which of course we are still going through and many of you are still having real struggles there, we had 600 volunteers clean 70 sites, give out 180 flood buckets, plus several truckloads of water, non-perishable food, baby items, paper goods, and cleaning products. And we're not done yet. And you'll be hearing more about that in the, in the weeks to come. You've taken foreign mission trips to Haiti, Honduras, and Mexico, where in, in Mexico you helped Dr. Greg Claraday perform 800 cataract surgeries. Imagine 800 people today who can see because of the ministry of what God has done through you and through this congregation and Dr. Claraday. And of course, there is our partner with Starship, Starship, Starfish Kenya. I, I have done that so many times over the years. Starfish Kenya where we've had over 325 of you go to Kenya since 2004. And we've put up new pictures on the walls out there for you to check out and, and, and look at as those stories continue to, 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 to occur. Today, you need to know that through Starfish Kenya, you are providing the primary support. Gateway is the primary supporter for Starfish Kenya. And you are providing today support to 207 children in grades, what we would call 1 through 8, 91 students in high school, and 33 in university, college, or trade school. That means that today there are 331 students being supported through you for Starfish Kenya in Kenya. That is incredible. 331 students. And yet House of Hope and St. Anna Daycare Center each have children on waiting lists. House of Hope has over 100 
students on their waiting list. And, and thanks to your support, we're going to be, they're going to be able to take in more children come January. Which, by the way, in providing that support, monthly support, special gifts, and our Christmas offering, you have given, since we began supporting Starfish Kenya, you have given $4 million to support those children. That is, to me, just an amazing sum of money given out of love for these kids. And one of the things I love about Starfish Kenya is that they don't just teach them or house them or or provide them. They also teach them about Jesus Christ and take care of their spiritual needs, which is, of course, fundamental to what we do here at Gateway Um, and all that we do. Our prayer ministry has just redone our prayer room, making it a very special place to pray. Many of you experienced it and an additional space over this weekend. And this ministry, we don't have exact figures, but, but I, I would tell you that it literally prays for over a thousand prayer requests a year. Over a thousand. Our prayer quilt ministry has given approximately 700 quilts to children through Starfish Kenya. And, and 2,979 quilts locally. Those are quilts that are given to individuals who are struggling, who are going through hurt, to experience, to know that in every step of the making of that quilt, someone prayed over it and put it together with love and and provided it to to these individuals. And there's nothing cooler in the world if you're in my position and some of you have then you go into their home or to the hospital to see them and see somebody wrapped in one of those prayer quilts or, or covered in their bed by it and know that they are covered in prayer because people have prayed over them and, and can, been so concerned. And, and so our prayer quilt ministry has made 3,679 prayer quilts in order to bring God's comfort, peace, and hope to thousands Can you imagine thousands? Our congregational care area has has helped thousands through Celebrate Recovery Ministry, through Grief Share, through Divorce Care, through Brain Injury Support Group, and through Personal Ministry. Gateway has seen dozens of our people go on to serve as missionaries or in other churches on staff or other Christian ministries and also on our own staff where many of our staff has come up through this church itself. But one of the most significant numbers relates to baptisms. This picture of what God has done, that every life matters, that he cares about every single individual, that there is no soul on this planet that he does not love and care for. And what we know is that in just over 50% of all congregations in the United States this year, they will baptize no one, not a single individual. And yet, in our first 20 years, we baptized 1,201 individuals. And and in the last five years, just the last five years, we have baptized 697, almost 700, with more coming tonight. We'll go over 700. That gives us a total of 1,898 souls that God has used this church to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to. We know we'll go over 1,900 and, and sometime uh, next year over 2,000 individuals who will have received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord who will now live for eternity with Him and, and have a future and have a hope. I, I, I say it every time we do baptism. It is the single most important decision a person makes to welcome Jesus Christ into their life. 
And we know that the angels are celebrating and we celebrate. That's why we'll be doing it here this evening because it's a big deal. And, and it happens not because of a preacher or even one individual. It happens because of mission and ministry across this church and people who have been there for individuals and, and loved on them. And, and it may not be any one person, but God has used all of us in his story to bring those individuals, to bring many of you to a saving relation with God through Jesus Christ. But we know that numbers tell only a part of the story. And, and we've been sharing stories with you all this month in, in our services, as you saw earlier, but also on Facebook. And there are many stories there, and I hope that if you haven't gone on Facebook, you will watch, go and watch some of those stories. Our shirts uh, encourage all of us to tell his story. You know, what's your story? And, and it's really a, an evangelism tool. For If you don't have one of these shirts, you need to go out after the service and get one and wear it because it becomes a, 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 an easy, non-threatening way to wear it. And, and somebody looks and says, what's your story? And you can talk to them about what is your story? What has God done in your life? And that's all God wants in, in, for many of us is just to, to tell the story of his, of his great, great love, to tell it that old, old story, and, and make it come alive. I hope many of you who haven't gotten shirts will do that after the service as a way to tell that picture because it's easy to get it caught up in our lives and, and forget the big picture, to forget all that God has been doing through our church. You know, even I, I, I'm the pastor of the church, and I will tell you that God is doing stuff in this church that I am not even aware of, that I've never seen, that in fact I probably will never hear about until I get to heaven. Because he is working in so many ways, in so many lives. But as much as we've done, we have not even begun to scratch the surface of our potential as the hands and feet of Christ for transforming our world around us. And the key isn't simply more activity. In fact, the key isn't even more dollars. It's taking the great commandment and the Great Commission, seriously, by helping individuals become disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us to do this so that, so that we can share his love with the world. We think sometimes discipleship and coming to church is about checking a box or, or accomplishing something or thinking I've, got, I've, I've kind of made my place in, in, in heaven. But it is about life change. It is about being there and working in the lives of others. Jesus didn't come and say, I'm going to do all the work. He came and said, I'm going to do all the work through you. You and I are the ones who do this. And we believe this, this is the answer in a community where people, whether they're Christ followers or not, strive to live a life of comfort and success and happiness. But, but in pursuit of this dream, often find themselves on this endless treadmill of disappointments, of personal consumerism, of, a, of an unhealthy drive for achievement, and in a climate of competition that never ultimately satisfies. And the result, the result, the result many of you know firsthand, if you have experienced it, or you see it around you, relationships sever, marriages fail, young people despair, and children are unsettled. Too often we fooled ourselves into believing that the values of this world are what will bring us satisfaction, what, what will make us happy, what will bring us fulfillment. But with all of our chasing, it, it always just seems to be just beyond our grasp. And the Bible tells us that, in fact, that lifestyle will never 
give us what we think we want. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, and and I'm reading from the message version. He said, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied once. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. Paul says, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. This passage, to me, paints such a vivid picture of the life that is trying to get ahead by the world standards, by the, by the, the methods of the world, by the values of the world. And it's a picture that it's uh, epidemic all around us. And And sadly, even sometimes in us. And I want to tell you, the answer isn't to be smarter or to try harder or or to find the right formula or or to get the right job or marry the right person or to get past that that obstacle in front of you in life that if you could just get past it, all your problems would go away. No, it is committing daily to Jesus Christ as not only Savior, as someone who came into your life at some point and saved you, but also as Lord, as Master of our lives, of of following Jesus, of living every day as His disciple. It is not a one-time event. It is a lifestyle, a life journey. For when we make Jesus both Savior and Lord of our lives, His Spirit comes to live in us. And the Bible tells us the fruit then of that Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Tell me that you don't want that in your life. Tell me the people you know, family members, co-workers, neighbors, tell me they don't want that either. Jesus is the source, the only source, the way, the truth, the life for this kind of fruit, this abundant life. And the world is dying for it. The world is grasping for it. The world is seeking it in everything else. It keeps forgetting that the answer lies only in Jesus Christ, who transforms our hearts to to love in ways we, we never imagined that, that love is the picture of the kind of life that Jesus calls us to. It's not just simply knowing stuff or being smart or being a nice person. It is about living a life that is impacting others through love. 
a picture of that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 when he said, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It, does, it, it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. That is the call that God has put on you and me and those who choose to follow Jesus Christ. Not that, that we simply know more stuff. Not even that we can check off the box and say, I came to church today. But that I have been so involved with Jesus that he is wearing off on me. That I am spending time with him and, and as I see him love me and when I feel unlovable, he gives me the power to not only love myself, but love those around me who are, or at least seem, to be unlovable. Here is what happens to lives that are truly committed to following Jesus as Savior and Lord, of, of unleashing this kind of love around us. Husbands and wives' marriages are built on a solid, godly foundation. Young people are, are equipped and empowered to live boldly for Jesus Christ. Households are cultivating conversations of faith, hope, and love. People with hurts, habits, and hang-ups experience healing in a, in a grace-filled environment where they're not judged. Churchgoers not only know God's promises, but, but live lives full of the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing the love of Christ into the lives of them that then gets transferred through them into the lives of others. A community of coworkers, students, and, and neighbors suddenly awaken to something beyond what the world has tried to feed them, and their hearts are stirred by the very presence of God. That's what I want. That's what I want in my own life. That's what I want you to experience. But it's also what I want our community to experience. And, and the people beyond our walls. For the people who, who have turned you down before. For the people who don't have time. I still believe Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He is the answer. Not just for me, not even just for you, but for our communities and for the world. You want to change the world? You want to change your community? I want to tell you, laws have never been the answer. A changed heart and only the power of God by His Spirit coming to live in someone because they have welcomed Jesus Christ into their lives as Savior and Lord can change. Can change our communities. Can change our world. For the past year, the senior staff of your church and church council have been working on a 10-year vision to help us experience and be this kind of life it's still uh, very much a work in progress. 
And it probably will be for all of these next 10 years. But here's a picture of where we're sensing that God is leading us. That in the next 10 years, we will focus on growing people toward spiritual maturity in order to unleash God's life-changing, unconditional, and sacrificial love in our church, in our homes, in our communities, and in our world. The love of God. It's not enough to just know about it. It's not enough to read it. God calls us to live it out. And yeah, it seems impossible. It seems beyond what we can do. That's why we need Jesus Christ. That's why we need His Spirit living in us. Because it's not about learning more. Although that's a part of it. It is about God changing our lives to be more loving, to be more like Jesus. We want to take raising up disciples of Jesus Christ to a new level so that that each one of us feels equipped and confident in our own journey with Christ. Not that we've got all the answers, not that we understand it all, not that we don't have questions. Hear me on that. It doesn't mean that somehow we have arrived, but that in the midst of that, we have experienced enough of God's grace and enough of his love that we can help others also go on that journey, that we want to... We want to make disciples who then turn around to make disciples who make disciples. That being a disciple is not the end in and of itself. If, if I think, okay, I, I'm going to claim I'm a disciple because I, I've made Jesus the Lord of my life and I'm going to follow him. If it's only about me, then where is the love? See, it has to go outside of me. It has to go outside of you. That's where a disciple becomes a life-changing, reproducing person. This is what Jesus called us to do when he said, go and make disciples. He didn't make go and create a class of people so they could just sit there and, and, and vegetate. He wanted to create a group of people who would then themselves turn around and create more disciples, who then themselves would turn around and create more disciples. That's the only way Christianity spreads. If you think it's up to me as a preacher, I only touch a handful of people. But look at you. If we took you and your circles of influence, just you alone influenced thousands. And on my best day, maybe a few hundred. But you influenced thousands. And that has always been how God has wanted to, to work. In this increasingly secularized culture, we want to help you be missionaries right where you are. No, we don't, you don't need to go to a foreign country to be a missionary. You can, and, and you may feel called to that, and that's fantastic. But in our culture, which is increasingly against God and increasingly secular and increasingly caught up in, in making it on our own, The mission field is all around us. The mission field is in our homes. The mission field is in our schools. The mission field is in our workplaces. The mission field is on those ball teams and in those dance groups. And we want to help you be missionaries. Instead of feeling like you got to call on a professional, you know, to talk about Jesus. They're like, hey, preacher, i got somebody who's interested in learning more about God. Can you come over and talk to them? 
Who am I? I, 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 I'm a a title. I'm a name over here. You have a relationship. You are someone they already know and trust. You are the one God wants to use. You are that missionary to be used right where you are. And you can trust that God will use you. And, And our goal is to equip you to be that witness, that missionary, right out in your everyday lives. We want to fulfill the scriptural command that says, In your heart set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I mean, that's really what it's about. Not being, you know what, you can play stump the pastor and you can ask me theological and biblical questions I can't answer. We can all do that. That's not the point. Is it our hearts being transformed by the love of God so that we love? Because faith is caught more than it's taught. When you love on somebody, when you love when it's difficult, when you love when they're struggling, when you care about them, even when you don't want to, that is a life-changing experience for them. And God will use that and honor it to help us move toward this vision. We're going to focus the next three years on creating a discipleship pathway, a leadership development process, a relational community, and, and a communication transformation. And, and in next year, 2018, our primary focus is going to be on creating this discipleship pathway. And, and here's the thing. A discipleship pathway isn't some narrow tunnel, you know. Like, and, and understand, in my, in my earlier life, I never say previous life because I don't believe in reincarnation. But in my earlier life, I was an engineer. And you look at processes, and what you want to do is you want to, you know, you got this, you, you create this pipe, and you, you push stuff in, and, and the pro- product comes out the other end, and it's all the same. And, and it sounds wonderful. And, and for a, a number of years as a, as a pastor and an engineer, I thought that's the way to do it. The only problem was I found is I started looking around me. I mean, just look to your left, and then look to your right. Do they look like you? Do they think the way you think? Do they handle life the same way? Is their faith in the same place as your faith? No. We're all different. And so to think that there is a one-size-fits-all path is a mistake. But to think that there is a, a, a pipe, a, a big pathway that recognizes that we're all different and we're in different places in our journey with Christ from, from some of us today in here exploring who Christ is and not, not sure and not committed to him yet to some in this room who have spent most of their life committed to him and their focus in life is, that, is doing what Christ wants them to do. They could, say, they could honestly say that they believe their life is centered on Jesus Christ in their daily decision making. Between those two extremes is where the church operates and where we are called to try to encourage people wherever they are to take the next step. Disciples have always put an emphasis on loving God through historical practices that the church has discovered God using down through the centuries to grow his people, like loving God through worship. 
When, when you come in here to worship God, it's not so you can check the box and say, hey God, I attended worship this time this month, so you should be satisfied with that. It's, I come because you are greater than I am. And I come to worship you, and, and I come because I don't know what you might do in my life today. And I come because I need you, and I need you in me. And I come because sometimes, even in here when I'm not expecting it, your Holy Spirit shows me something that I've been needing for years. You never know. That's why worship is not a throwdown. Worship is not an occasional event or activity that we fit in. If Jesus is Savior and Lord, then we meet together to worship. But we do more than that. We spend time every day with God and His Word, the Bible. We, we love on our neighbors by serving both within the walls and beyond the walls. And we are intentional about investing in others to help them also become disciples. Ultimately, we understand that it's God's Spirit that does the work, not just our actions, not just trying harder. And the, and the analogy that, is, that, at least for me, clicks is thinking of like a sailboat. If you have a sailboat on the water and, and the, there's no sail up, the wind can be blowing it's going to hardly move. So you start putting up a sail, and the bigger the sail, the easier it is for that boat to start to move. And the, the historic practices of the Christian faith, whether it's worship or Bible study or reading or small groups or whatever they may be, <coughs> excuse me, those are ways that God has enabled us to raise a bigger and bigger sail so that when His Spirit does move, we receive it, we catch it, we move. If we do very little, if the sail is very small, it takes a gale to get our attention. But if the sail is huge, if we have been investing in him, then sometimes it takes only the smallest current of God's spirit working for us to sense what he is doing and to move. In this discipleship pathway, we want to give you a picture of what God wants, of what Jesus wants to do in your life, help you figure out where you are in your own journey. Because sometimes we don't really have a clear picture of that. And then offer you concrete next steps to help you follow Jesus as his disciple. We're working on creating a one-hour introductory course on discipleship. And, it's, and it is our goal in 2018 that 75% of our attendance goes through that introduction in 2018. Like Abraham, whom we've studied over the last several weeks, we may not know where obedience will lead us. And, and sometimes that's the problem. We, we want to think too far ahead. We want to think of all the implications. But the Bible promises that God can bring good from any circumstance. And if we trust Him and just take the next step, believing by faith that He has a plan, that He has laid out a journey for each one of us to get us where He wants us to be, that we can take that step. And even if we mess up along the way, and hear me, you will mess up. I mess up. Every single one of us mess up. And sometimes we mess up, we think, okay, I messed up, so there's, there's no hope for me. It's really kind of like that navigation voice in your car or on your phone, you know, and you take the wrong turn, and all of a sudden it says rerouting. 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 And it doesn't matter how many wrong turns you take, it keeps saying rerouting. And eventually, you decide, okay, I'm not getting where I want to go, so I will listen to that voice again and be rerouted. And wherever you are, God has already found you, 
And he can bring you to that place he wants you to be. That is the cool part about this, is there's none of us that are so far gone. And listen, it's not even about you and me. There's no one outside our walls. There is no agnostic. There is no atheist. There is no person sleeping in this morning. There is no person recovering from a hangover this morning that is so far gone that Jesus Christ cannot come into their life and become Lord and Savior and bring them to that place he desires for them. So our goal isn't simply knowledge but transformation so that love becomes the natural expression of our lives. We believe that the best way to help others grow in Christ is to first help you grow in Christ. Because you and I cannot give what we don't have. Faith is more caught than taught. And and you, more than this building or any building, more than preachers like me, are the way that God wants to work to transform this world today. The problem is when everybody thinks it's up to the preacher, it's up to the staff. What does that mean? It means there's 20 or 30 of us out there doing the work when there could be 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 of us out there as missionaries across our community. And I want to tell you, God does miracles through missionaries. God will do miracles in your life, through your life. We want history, his story, to so come alive in you that it's contagious to those around you so that you will then see God opening doors around you to share your story of how God's love has impacted your life through Jesus Christ, how he has changed you and how it then can change others. You don't have to have the answer to their problems in in terms of here's the fix, here's what you need to do. You just need to reveal Jesus. And let Jesus come into their lives. And let Jesus work. We want to bring this church and this community alive in the Holy Spirit. Like it was in the early church in Jerusalem and and, and beyond. Working through everyday people. That's that's you. It's me, I think. It's all of us. And I'm convinced that this is exactly what God wants to do in and through us as a church, through through you, because you're the church. And you look next to you, and some of you, they're, they're empty seats. And you could be the one to help someone fill that seat a couple of weeks from now or a couple of months from now. Because Jesus will use you if you listen, if you allow him to. There are some of you in here today that someone else in here did that for you. And you've already told us how grateful you are. By unleashing God's love as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that's how you and I change our homes, our families, our communities, our world. It's not about more laws. That doesn't change people. It just tells them what not to do. It has to be in the heart. And the way that gets known is through love. Because no one expects love today. No one expects you to love them when they're mean to you. No one expects you to love them when they say bad things about you. No one expects them to love you because y'all don't really have a connection. But Jesus did that for you. And he wants to do that 
through you to others. Ultimately, for the God who is love, sharing that love in real and tangible ways is what Jesus did and what his disciples, his followers today also do. And one concrete way we want to unleash God's love is through a 25th anniversary offering that we're calling 25 Forward in order to, to invest in, we mentioned to you earlier that uh, a few years ago we purchased the remainder of the field, the space out here, some of which we built our new building on, but most of it's out there. We, we want to turn those into fields that can be used for our community, to express our love and our commitment to our community, to say, we're here because we care about you. It's not about us. It's not about a, 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 a country club for us to come in. It's about a way station. It's about a missionary station where we're going to offer you a place to come and experience the love of God. Between now and the Thanksgiving, we're inviting you to make gifts over and above your normal giving in increments of 25s so that you can show the love of Christ to our community. For for your children, it might be 25 cents. For you, it might be, if it's a struggle, $2.50 or $25. And for some of you, it may be a larger increment of 25. And we're going to tell you more about that tonight. And you can, you can give online or mark your gifts 25 forward. And all of your gifts will begin to make that land usable for fields, for children's sports and activities, as a concrete way for us to love our community, to express our discipleship in love for those around us. From time to time, whether I'm out in the lobby or just walking around or whether somebody will come up to me and talk to me about our church or they'll send me a letter or an email or they'll call me on the phone to thank me about what Gateway has done in their life or for their family. And when they do that, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I kind of smile on the inside, and sometimes I say to them, thank God, because that's really the truth. Whether it's me or it's our church, it's always been God. It's always been his story working in and through us. And when something good has happened, I know God's hand has been in it. When, when God has done something good in your life, I mean, how many of you have had some good experience through Gateway Community Church? How many? You know why? Because God loves you. And he worked directly in you, and he worked through others around you. And he wants to continue doing that through you. You are part of something bigger than yourself. God wants to, to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use our whole church and beyond to bring his, his plan of redemption and love to our church, to our homes, to our community, and to our world. He is the reason. It is his story. And everything good that has happened in these 25 years is because of him. And everything that happens in this next decade and beyond will still be because of him. But will we be his disciples that are there, ready to be used, willing to be his instruments? That's a question only each of us can answer. 
Our prayer team is going to be down here in just a moment, and they would love to talk with you about any of this and, and uh, all that's going on. Tonight, we're going to have a great celebration, 6 o'clock, right back in here. You, you, you'll see there's some risers up here. We're going to have a choir. We're going to have testimonies. It's going to be a, a, a celebration. Uh, just, and, and you're welcome to come, but beyond that, invite friends whom you think might need to hear that story, to be encouraged. Tonight might be the perfect time. And if you feel God leading you to be baptized, again, we're going to be doing that also as a part of this service. And after this service, if you go out there and talk to somebody. But don't forget the shirts. The shirts are an evangelistic tool, a way for you to go out and share the good news and, and look for ways to tell your story. If you're a guest with us today, I'm going to be out here with some friends. I'd love to tell you hello and, and I'll...